Hello and welcome to the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the markets and helps you make smart choices with your investments. I'm your host, Chris Tennant-Brown, and I'm joined by ASB's Head of Asset Management, John Smith, and ASB Manager of Responsible Investings, Hayley Hartigan. In this episode, we'll be looking at how a growing focus on ethics, environment, corporate and social responsibility is changing the investment landscape. We'll discuss ASB's Positive Impact Fund and share what investors are telling us is important to them beyond returns. These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB who will be happy to chat if you need. ASB Group Investments Limited is the issuer of the ASB KiwiSaver Scheme and ASB Investment Funds. For more information, see the ASB KiwiSaver Scheme or ASB Investment Funds Product Disclosure Statement available on the ASB website. Okay, so we're back in the booth and it's a chilly, chilly winter's morning, but it's a pretty small space and uh, we are not feeling that four degree temperature outside because uh, we've got three of us in the booth. Good morning, John. Morning, morning, Chris. Morning, Chris. It was one degree where I was this morning, so oh, you're four, right. four degrees is warm. Yeah, you're way out <laughs> in the countryside and you've got a long drive to get here. And, and, and Hayley, you've, uh, you've had a reasonable drive across town to get here. Let's get straight into it. I mean, we've, might as well get some definition down and, and who better than Haley to tell us what responsible investment is? Great. Um, so responsible investment is about incorporating environmental, social and governance considerations into the investment process um, and that's to manage risk and generate sustainable returns. So there's different ways to do that. Some examples are that you can exclude or screen out companies that have poor ESG practices. Um, you can engage with those companies with the goal of improving their ESG practices or you can invest in and tilt towards companies with evidence of positive ESG practices. And so when we're, when we're thinking about that, like that sounds like a, 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 a wish list or, or, or some filters or something that we put over a fund, what's the, um, how, does, how does this actually happen at ASB? You know, what's, what, is it, what do you do with your job to make this happen? Yeah, so ASB approaches responsible investment in a number of ways. Um, so that does include applying some exclusions. So we have a framework that we use to assess whether our customers are comfortable investing in companies that are involved in certain activities, and if not, we exclude them. Um, so an example of this is we don't invest in tobacco production or controversial weapons, and we've recently decided to exclude investment in fossil fuel production. Oh, good. We'll hold that thought. We'll come 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 back to that. Now, John, you and I have been at ASB for an awfully long time. I think back in the early 2000s, we uh, both found our way there. And there's been stacks of stuff that's changed over the years. I mean, for a start, when we were at uh, ASB GI over in Takapuna, there was no such thing as KiwiSaver. Nope. Um, it was it was pre those days. Um, and now we've got uh, all sorts of things happening in the investment landscape. And this seems to be a, a, a really growing part of an investment decision making. So for you as the um, head of asset management, what are some of the challenges that responsible investments are, are throwing up for you in your role? Yeah, um, 
So responsible investing is a, is is also like it's like it, in in the one one sense it's created this whole thing called responsible investing, and the other sense it's always existed, right? It's always been important to invest in respons- responsibly. And when you talk about environmental, social, and governance matters, governance matters in particular have always been a part of uh, a, a part of um, uh, the consideration that you have to make when you're making an investment decision. Increasingly now, uh, because you know the environmental issues that that we're all very aware of and, and increasing, um, you know, focus upon um, social issues, you, you're getting this focus on on, on the three, the environmental, social and governance. The challenge the challenge there is that, you know, we represent all New Zealanders and 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 not every New Zealander has the same view on some of this sort of stuff. So, so you know, I think that you, you know, most of our listeners will be aware of debates that they would have had about with their colleagues or friends about climate, you know, you know, is it happening? You know, who's causing it? And in the same same things about social issues. You know, some people aren't really that interested. Others, it's passion, and we represent all New Zealanders. So, the, you know, part of the challenge for us from an investment perspective is how do you represent uh, all New Zealanders? You know, you've got the group of customers who really just focus upon returns. Uh, and and really aren't that interested in those more values based views, and then you've got the other customers that 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 are very very values focused, um, and uh, and have less interest in the return. They're quite comfortable to take the return consequences of of making certain types of uh, views, uh, expressing certain types of views in the way they invest. So you know, a lot of our challenge is actually navigating that spectrum, uh, and and uh, and certainly the. the you know the the thing that has occurred since you know you and I joined ASB is that there's there's a huge increase in in knowledge and understanding of the importance of environmental and social matters and and uh, and it's becoming an increasing focus and it will continue to be an increasing focus of ours going forward. Yeah, and there's as well as the spectrum of expectations of of what people expect. Uh, th- there's there's the law on top of it as well. Yeah, that, totally. the, the, the things that we specifically can't invest in that are that are crystal clear. I, I've always found it interesting looking within our investor confidence surveys when we ask people questions about this, and the uh, there's some clear cut things that people don't like, and there's some clear things that people think we should be in, encouraged to invest in, but people aren't. Uh, Willing to compromise returns, uh, and and fees are important. That's one of our values that that fees are important. So we'll talk about that a little bit um, later later on uh, because that is an interesting tension. Um, but let's get into the example of fossil fuels that uh, that Haley's um, brought up earlier. What can you tell me about the the decisions around fossil fuels, Haley? Uh, sure. So when we say we're going to exclude fossil fuel production from our portfolios, we're talking about the extraction and production of coal, oil and gas. Um, so these are fuels that release greenhouse gas emissions and it's well accepted that fossil fuels are a primary contributor to global warming and climate change. So New Zealand's a signatory to the Paris Agreement, an international treaty on climate change, and our government has committed to a target of net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and established the Climate Change Commission um, to monitor and advise on progress towards this goal. Um, So our decision on fossil fuels was supported by this groundswell of action on climate change and um, shifting public sentiment and um, expectations of our our customers that the time to act on climate change is now. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. But how do you where do, where do you draw lines on some of these issues? And we, we talked about um, another thing that's happened, at, you know, the, with the terrible events in in, in Christchurch and New Zealand's uh, attitude to investing in uh, automatic weapons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that had consequences as, as well. So, J- John, talk a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, so this is, there's a there's an overlap between, you know, the, the sort of like the automatic weapons scenario you talked about and, and, and you know, the considerations around fossil fuels because it's like it is this where do you stop and how do you define this stuff. So, for example, if you, if you, if you want to, uh, exclude all companies that are that are that are um, you know that are involved in um, you know weapons that can be you know, automatic weapons that can be used to kill people. Um, then you know an example that we dealt with at the time was Walmart in, in the United States, where they actually sell those types of weapons. And you know our view was that our customers simply didn't want any exposure to anybody who was involved in that at all. So, you know, you exclude Walmart. Um, So equally, you know, you you should go to the fossil fuels um, challenge that that Haley's facing into at the moment. And so where do you stop? Um, Actually, a good example of a company, type of company you might want to consider that's challenging here is, let's say, Z Energy, right, and petrol stations. So a petrol station um, sells food, it sells tobacco, it sells petrol. So... Actually, we exclude tobacco, so should we exclude Z Energy because they sell tobacco? Um, we're excluding fossil fuels. Should we exclude Z Energy because they're selling petrol? Where do you stop? And and so there's the the definition in this space is really really important, and communicating what those definitions are to customers is really important because we find um, when when we say fossil fuels to a customer. Without explaining it, they'll they'll just assume something, uh, and and different customers will assume different things. So we have to be very clear about what it actually means. Yeah. So, uh, Haley. Yeah, yeah, it's a good a good summary. It is. It's really complex, and so it's worth mentioning that ASB has other other ways of managing responsible investment, and one of those ways is engagement. So our underlying investment managers actively engage with the companies that we're investing in. Um, so they go to um, shareholder meetings and vote on our behalf and engage with company management and boards on, on these types of issues um, and, and encourage them towards more responsible and sustainable practices. Um, and another way that we manage responsible investment at ASB is, um, is by offering alternative products. So um, we have a positive impact fund, which we're going to discuss shortly, um, and that's a, a product where we're aiming to offer our customers choice. Um, it aims to invest in companies that are making a positive social and environmental impact as well as striving for a financial return. Yeah, and that, that, that's a that's a good place to get to. And and when I was thinking about what we'd talk about, the starting point for me was to um, to get online. And you can do this for all of our funds, and you can download every asset that's in in any fund. And in the um, case of the positive impact fund, there's literally thousands of assets that are that are that are held in that list and. Some of them are, are, are make perfect sense. I expected to find some uh, natural energy generators in there. Um, I saw Tesla, the e-car maker, and uh, but then there's companies like Ford and General Motors that you could go, well, hang on, you're burning fossil fuels, but on the other hand, they can be the solutions to the future as 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 well. So it's not just all about there's a crystal clear. Line, you've got those governance and and that desire to deal with businesses that are going to be making a difference in the in in the future. So it it sounds like we've dived into this most massive 
can of worms, um, and and it's incredibly complex. But let's let's get into the themes and and what actually happens within the positive impact fund. What's the nuts and bolts of how it works, Haley? Yeah, so the Positive Impact Fund invests like a, a balanced fund, so it invests 60% in equities and 40% in bonds. Um, and as you've said, Chris, there's um, th- thousands of securities that invest in, um, and and that is with the aim of achieving a comparable return to the markets it invests in, um, so it is di- diversified. Um, the equity side of the fund is overlaid with some investment strategies that focus on positive environmental and social themes. Um, so some of those themes are a focus on renewable and alternative energies, waste management and technologies, and health and social services. Um, so, for example, a company that the fund invests in um, is Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, um, which is a company that was obviously established in New Zealand and is now a global leader in humidification for respiratory systems and hospital and care homes. So, they were well positioned to respond to the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, and the product helped to relieve pressure on healthcare systems by keeping patients out of intensive care units. I, I guess the bottom line for investors is one of the things that we need to do is just be transparent and that's where being able to look at what's in there and uh, ask questions and think about it is, is going to be important and likewise us asking questions within our surveys about what things are important to people but it sure is a, a complex area. Now we we talked a little bit about the uh, some of the tensions between these environmental, social, and governance issues, and 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 returns, and uh, I'm sure investors will always have a question of how's it going to go? What's my what's my money going to uh, do? And again, I got on the website, had a look at the uh, the the returns, and the the returns of the Positive Impact Fund over the last twelve months have been incredibly strong, um, and very similar. Um, to to what our say a growth fund had done over that period of time, and uh, over the over the long run, it's 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 had a a good return. So, what sort of expectations do we have about the returns on this type of investment in the future, and and what sort of timeframes is it ideal for for when we're talking specifically about our our positive impact funds? So the, um, the, the, the when we when we launched the positive impact fund, we we you know the investment objective was to invest in a in a, in a way which which uh, reflected a positive impact uh, approach to investing. I think we've been really really pleased with how it's performed over the last couple of years. I think if you look at the last year, the returns have been good. Over the two years since we launched it, the returns are slightly better than the the growth fund. Uh, the the like the the profile's been different, I mean, because it reflects the fact that it's investing in a somewhat different way than a traditional uh, growth fund. But uh, the performance has been really encouraging, exactly as we would have expected it to be. The The time frame for a growth profile investor is like 11 plus years, and that that's the sort of time frame we would think that it'd be appropriate for a customer that would be investing in a positive impact fund as well. And, and Hayley, when we were chatting, when we were chatting earlier, I was mentioning within our investor surveys, they don't really want to compromise performance. They do expect their investment still to generate a, a, a return for them. And what's the sort of themes and feedback you get from the industry as a whole about how people feel about returns from this type of investment? 
Uh, yeah, so in my conversations with impact fund managers, um, it, there doesn't appear to be a trade-off between returns and positive social and environmental impacts. Um, so investors can expect both market returns and, and those positive impacts. Hey, well, um, apart from being incredibly busy with this sort of stuff and and, and hopefully getting out of the booth before we get too um, warm in here, um, let's sort of draw towards a close and um, and sum up what sort of issues you think you'll be working on over the next 12 months, Hayley. Yeah, so over the next 12 months, um, we are planning to spend quite a bit of time looking at climate. Um, so we'll be considering how climate risks and opportunities are monitored, measured and reported and managed within our investment portfolios to understand our exposure to the sectors that are most at risk and those that are positioned to support the transition to a low-carbon economy. Um, We'll also look at evolving our positive impact fund investment strategy. Um, So now that the fund's been open for two years and attracted around $100 million in funds under management, we'll look to introduce some New Zealand assets into that portfolio. And thirdly, we have an ongoing process of reviewing um, sensitive industries um, using our exclusions framework um, to continually assess our customers' preferences. So, John, some of the stuff that we've been talking about clearly applies to all of our investments. So how how does this affect your focus for the next 12 months? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that that that, that climate is is really top of mind for me. Uh, You know, the, the, the... yeah, there's recently been legislation in New Zealand around reporting on 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 climate change. Uh, you know, cl- you know the understanding and the, and the preferences of our customers in relation to climate change is really evolving rapidly. So, climate's going to be really top of my agenda in terms of uh, understanding the risks in the portfolio associated with transition, uh, and also just you know more focus uh, on uh, on what our customers are saying as well you know and and maybe there's a diff- difference between those two things we just need to get to grips with that and yeah and and and, and as Haley said the positive impact fund we launched it a couple of years ago we didn't have much money now we've got uh, a little a, a little more a reasonable amount um, but also just opportunities are, are coming up so the opportunities in New Zealand for impact investments have, have are coming to the fore and and it'll be really exciting to to see how we can bring a bit of a New Zealand um, sort of exposure into into that fund so yeah pretty much as Haley's saying in those two areas I think that that's going to be the focus areas sounds very busy final sort of thought or question on all of this when we've these Themes are making a lot of headlines, and we've spent a lot of time talking about the the complexities of them this morning. And it's pleasing to see the Positive Impact Fund growing within um, our suite of products in terms of funds under management and members. But it's still very tiny in terms of numbers in the thousands of members compared to the hundreds of thousands we've got in the broader range of KiwiSaver products. So my question for you both is, do you think we'll see more people switching into these types of funds with us and our our competitors? Or do you think we'll see these themes impacting mainstream investment more and more? Or a bit of both. I'll start with you, Hayley. Uh, yeah, it's a really good question, um, and and personally, I think we're likely to see impact investing grow and grow. Um, I think it will be seen more often in mainstream investment products, um, and particularly as we've just talked about, the, um, that there doesn't appear to be a trade-off between returns and positive social and environmental impacts. So it's it's a bit of a win-win for our investors. Um, so uh, yeah, the the prospect of reporting to investors on what those um, social and environmental benefits are alongside their 
returns is, is a really positive story for me. Oh, good stuff. And John, what's your, th- what's your thoughts on the way things will pan out? Oh, look, I mean, I, I think that we'll see, yeah, we, we will see more and more uh, investors investing in Positive Impact Fund. I think we're going to see um, more developments in this space in the market. I think that we'll see, uh, as Hayley's um, sort of suggested, we're going to be doing in the next 12 months. I think that the thematic of, um, you know, responsible investing is is just a, 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 a huge theme. Uh, people are getting more and more comfortable with understanding climate. I think they're getting more comfortable with the point that Hayley made, which is that there isn't necessarily a trade-off. Uh, and so I, I absolutely think there's going to be a huge push uh, on on us and all other providers to continue the, the responsible investing theme within the core product set. And I think that you're going to see more and more people become more comfortable uh, to you know invest in the, the alternative ways, such as the positive impact uh, fund. So uh, I agree with Haley. Uh, impact investing is a is a really really rapidly growing area, um, and uh, I think we'll see more and more support for it. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's all, all positive in, in that area. Well, watch this space. It's, uh, it's, it's busy and there's a, there's a lot happening. So thanks both for your time. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Rug up and get ready for the cold blast <laughs> when we head out the, uh, the front door and have a, uh, have a great day. Thanks, thanks Chris. Thanks for listening to the ASB Investment Podcast. If you want to find out more about the ASB Positive Impact Fund, all you have to do is search Positive Impact Fund on the ASB website, asb.co.nz.